This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Maffiotes, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. Well, uh, please, if you have a seat, please take it. It's my honour to welcome you both to the United States as we take the next critical step in advancing the Australia-US-UK Partnership AUKUS. It's an unusual name, AUKUS. Standing alongside US President Joe Biden and UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in San Diego, Anthony Albanese said that the AUKUS agreement marks a new chapter. The AUKUS agreement we confirm here in San Diego represents the biggest single investment in Australia's defence capability in all of our history. Australia will buy up to five submarines from the United States and build the first ever Australian nuclear-powered submarines. It's a project that's meant to increase security and stability in the Indo-Pacific by countering the growing threat from China. But it could cost $368 billion overall and has drawn critique from Beijing and multiple former prime ministers. Today, the costs, risks and rewards of AUKUS. It's Wednesday, the 15th of March. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Daniel, you were up at the crack of dawn yesterday in a lockup for the AUKUS announcement. This has been described by UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak as the most significant multilateral defence partnership in generations and by Australia as a new dawn for Australia's defence policy. Why is that? Can you break down its significance for us? It's definitely a big moment and there was this announcement in San Diego by the Bay. Daniel Hurst is Guardian Australia's foreign affairs and defence correspondent. Simply stated, we're putting ourselves in the strongest possible position to navigate the challenges of today and tomorrow. The three leaders with flags and everything, uh, Joe Biden in, in, in his aviator glasses. Thank you again, Prime Minister Albanese, Mr. Prime Minister Sunak. I'm proud to be your shipmates. Thank you. Really, it's a big deal because Australia has never operated at this military capability before. Only the seventh country in the world to run nuclear-powered submarines, so it's a really massive deal. They say it's to safeguard the peace and stability of the region. The backdrop to this is concern about China's own military build-up and what its intentions are regarding Taiwan and in the South China Sea. 
but there's no guarantee this AUKUS plan will work. It's a huge undertaking, requires thousands of workers to be skilled up, the expertise, things that we haven't done before in Australia. So why don't we dig in and get through all these tricky questions, Laura? For sure. Okay, so across the project, we'll be using military technology and design from all three countries. Can you expand on on where they're coming from and when they will be in use? Sure. So uh, the first part of the plan when it comes to Australia actually getting access to nuclear-powered submarines is that we will be buying at least three Virginia-class nuclear-powered submarines from the US in the 2030s. So at least three, but an option to buy two more. So it could be between three and five US submarines. It seems like some of them could be secondhand, but we're not quite sure on the exact details at this point. And this is to plug the capability gap that would be coming when Australia starts to retire its existing conventional submarines from the 2030s. And then the longer term plan is that there's a British designed submarine that will be built in both the UK for UK purposes and in Australia for Australian purposes. And that will make use of British design, but will incorporate US technology. And these ones take much longer because we'll be building them here and the design isn't finished yet. And the first Australian-built nuclear-powered submarines with this British design are only due to enter into service in the early 2040s. So, Daniel, these nuclear-powered submarines have been described as the apex predators of the ocean. We know that they can travel further than our current diesel-powered submarines and remain undetected for longer. And some have suggested that this will allow Australia to pose a direct threat to the Chinese mainland. The government's kind of poured some cold water on that. They say it's going to be used for deterrence and peace and stability. Is building more dangerous submarines good for peace in our region? I guess it all depends on whether you accept the sort of deterrence framework, the argument that by building up the Australian Defence Force and also that of the US and other allies, that that could help deter China from taking action that might be fundamentally destructive to the region. And we are witnessing the biggest conventional military build-up that we have seen since the end of the Second World War. And it's happening within our region. And it is not Australia which is doing that. Despite the Labor government seeking to, you know, really pursue diplomacy, it does share the US government's concerns about what China's intentions are with respect to Taiwan. So it sees this AUKUS plan and building up Australia's own defence capabilities as part of deterring Beijing from taking that step. And we need to respond to this. A failure to do so would see us be condemned by history. Some people will say that this could help contribute to an arms race or, you know, the security dilemma of this country builds up its military, therefore that other country builds up in response and there's sort of a spiral. Mm. China has opposed AUKUS from the beginning. Beijing says it's part of the US teaming up with allies to contain China's rise and it's unlikely to be happy about the details announced yesterday. Interestingly, the Australian government has offered China a briefing on the full details of the plan. It's unclear at this point whether they took that up and what the response was. Let's talk about nuclear power. China claims that this arrangement exploits a a loophole of sorts in the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, and Indonesia and Malaysia have previously expressed concerns around this as well. But at the press conference yesterday, Biden and Albanese repeatedly emphasised how safe this technology is. I want to be clear to everyone from the outset, right off the bat, These subs are powered, not nuclear-armed subs. They're nuclear-powered. Australia is a proud 
non-nuclear weapon state. What are the risks of acquiring and using this nuclear technology? Well, there are risks. This involves two nuclear weapon states handing nuclear tech to a non-nuclear weapon state. Now, it's important to point out this is not for nuclear weapons. This is for propulsion, for powering the submarines, and that is allowed under the uh, Non-Proliferation Treaty. But some arms control experts are nervous about this because they say this is the first time a loophole in the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty has been used, basically to transfer fissile material and nuclear tech from a nuclear weapon state to a non-nuclear weapon state. Now, they don't necessarily say that Australia is suspected of, of being up to anything nefarious, but it's the sort of precedent that that could set for others to use. Would we be happy with Iran using this precedent, for example? Mm. So that's why the Australian government has been at pains to say that the reactor, the nuclear reactor itself, will be supplied to Australia from its partners, welded shut, not to be opened during the whole life of the submarine, so more than 30 years. And so it doesn't need refuelling. So this is part of... Australia saying, don't worry, we'll be keeping in contact with the International Atomic Energy Agency and we'll be, you know, very open and transparent about how this operates. And that's sort of a preemptive move to ease concerns within the region. Right. So we're not creating weapons, but it's still making some people quite nervous. What about nuclear waste? That's a very controversial topic in Australian politics. What kind of waste will we see from this project? Well, it certainly is sensitive. And we found out yesterday that as part of this plan, the Australian government has committed that it will be the one to dispose of the nuclear waste at the end of the process. So 30 years down the track, at the end of each submarine's life, we'll have to dispose of that nuclear waste. Richard Miles said the spot has not been chosen yet, but it will be in Australia and it will be a defence site. And this is sensitive because for many, many years there have been efforts to set up a nuclear waste site in Australia and it's been very difficult to finesse a location and get consent of the community and also traditional owners. So, you know, this is going to be an issue that's going to be really tricky to deal with in the years ahead. Next, a $368 billion price tag and the question of sovereignty. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's step through the cost, Dan. These submarines will cost a total of up to $368 billion through to the 2050s. That includes $9 billion over the next four years. Is that too much? It sounds like a lot for sure. Well, Laura, it's certainly a a large sum of money. And this is the upper forecast for 30 years. Mm. 
the government is trying to say that the more honest way or the more accurate way of thinking about this is that the whole program cost over the life of the submarine program will be about 0.15% of gross domestic product per year on average. Labor did promise during the election campaign to spend at least 2% of the economy on defence overall, and that will increase slightly. But there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's a huge amount of money over the long term. Mm. Interestingly, over the first four years, though, it's only $9 billion. But remember that big French submarine project that was controversially cancelled a year and a half ago? Well, it turns out there's already $6 billion in the budget for that. The coalition never removed it. So, you know, $9 billion minus that $6 billion means there's only $3 billion to be found. Do we know where this money will come from? What's the plan here, Dan? <laughs> the short answer is no, we don't. We only know so far that they need to find $3 billion in the first four years, and this will come from shuffling around defence projects. But some have been highly critical about the cost because of what it means for other important priorities in the budget. Mm. The Greens Senator, David Shoebridge, said, quote, this is a $368 billion nuclear-powered raid on public education, health, housing and First Nations justice that will starve core services for decades to come. Albanese says this money will support around 20,000 jobs in the Australian Fence Force, the public service and the private industry over the next few decades. And the Prime Minister compared it to the era after World War II with the automotive industry. It's going to be this big nation-building, jobs-creating thing. What are these jobs and who will benefit from them? There's going to be a whole range of jobs required, ranging from constructing the submarines, building the infrastructure at the ports, the nuclear specialists that will be required to help us you know, manage these, this technology mm-hmm. responsibly, and also the Royal Australian Navy will be having to launch a recruitment drive to you know, get the crews needed to operate these much larger submarines. It's not going to be easy. It's a huge challenge to train and recruit all these specialists needed. And Defence last year warned Richard Miles uh, when he came into government that the previous year had seen lower recruiting achievement and higher separation rates. So that means that the ADF and the Department of Defence workforce is lower than approved levels. So, you know, they're starting from behind, if that makes sense. Mm. But exactly where are those jobs going to be, as far as we know? Primarily in South Australia. Osborne Shipyard in Adelaide is where the British-designed submarine will be built and the South Australian Premier uh, says that they will be building five new technical colleges and there'll be 4,000 jobs in the immediate future. In the longer term, there are plans for a new base on the east coast of Australia. The ABC has reported that Port Kembla is Defence's preferred site. It's one of three being considered, the others being Newcastle and Brisbane. There's an existing base in Western Australia called HMAS Stirling, and there's going to be a lot of work done there to expand its capacity to have nuclear-powered submarines visit and also have Australian-produced submarines operate from there. But Richard Miles has said that'll take some time to work through. This announcement obviously brings us closer to the United States and the UK. In order to build and use these submarines, we'll have to share technology, military assets and personnel. And on top of that, we are going to see an increase in foreign-owned and operated nuclear submarines based in Australian ports. In fact, as we speak, the nuclear-powered sub USS Asheville is making a port call in Perth as we speak. And later this decade, we'll also be establishing a rotational presence of US and UK nuclear-powered subs in Australia to help develop the workforce Australia is going to need to build and maintain its fleet. Are we getting uncomfortably close to foreign militaries in this AUKUS deal? 
Unquestionably, we are going to be drawn closer to the US and the UK. The government is saying that this is no different from we already have for the past decade had rotational US Marines visiting the Northern Territory. The government was at pains to say that these increased visits won't actually be permanent, that it's a rotational force. It's Therefore, we're not actually having a foreign base on our soil. But in reality, having such a, a regular presence of both US and UK submarines in Western Australia will be seen across the region and in Beijing as part of a broader effort by the Allies. Um, and so there's no way to get past the signal that sends. Former Prime Ministers Paul Keating and Malcolm Turnbull have raised concerns around sovereignty. And the primary concern there is how AUKUS partners will decide how these submarines should be used going forward. For example, you know, what if the US wanted to deploy them in a conflict between Taiwan and China and Australia did not? How will those types of decisions be made, Dan? The Australian government is insisting that it will continue to make its own sovereign decisions. But, you know, it's worth pointing out that the Australian Defence Force has basically been deployed uh, alongside the US in every major conflict since the Second World War. So, you know, there's a history there of joining with the US and we will be reliant, especially in the short to medium term, on US and UK support. So, so we really rely on that technical expertise and that help from both of the other countries. So you can't help but see uh, the three forces as increasingly integrated. Mm. Part of the point of having these increased rotations of US and UK submarines in Australia this decade is to help train up those Royal Australian Navy crews to make us more able to operate our own submarines down the track. So, you know, there is an intention over time to have fewer American and British personnel on board these boats and to have more Australian control. But the Australian government is insistent that at the end of the day, Australian flagged vessels will be uh, decided on by Australian commanders. President Biden said yesterday that this is actually just the first step in the AUKUS partnership with more to come. What is next for AUKUS? Yeah, so from the very beginning, AUKUS involved a second pillar. You know, the three countries would be sharing and collaborating on advanced technology like hypersonic weapons and uncrewed underwater vessels. And those have taken a lower profile because the submarine project is the big sort of flagship project that was the first cab off the rank. But I think we'll see in the coming months and years a lot more uh, coming out on that second part of the AUKUS plan. You know, what are these other technologies that the three countries might develop in the next few decades? Is there any concern around how future governments could change the course of this partnership and this relationship? For example, a Trump government in the United States. Yeah, there is. And probably the most revealing moment of Richard Miles' press conference yesterday was when somebody asked him about this. Are you concerned that a future US leader might tear it up? And there was an awkward pause. Uh, well, uh, I'm not, is the answer to your question. Um, the, the US alliance... It's not just about whether Donald Trump is returned to the presidency, but the the underlying isolationist strand, uh, America first strand that he personified. So, you know, this AUKUS plan requires many decades of work and it'll have to survive multiple changes of government in all three countries for it to work. The Australian government is mindful of this risk, but it also weighs it up against its broader concern about the Chinese government's own military build-up and its intentions. So, you know, it's sort of an interlocking plan that means that over time the US will have to remain engaged in this region and not pull out and leave a vacuum that China might fill. Right, so it's a tricky balance, it sounds like, Dan. 
It is a tricky balance and I'm sure we'll be talking about it for many years to come. That was Daniel Hurst, Guardian Australia's foreign affairs and defence correspondent. Guardian teams all around the world are reporting on different aspects of this AUKUS deal. To get the latest news on that, head to theguardian.com. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Miles Herbert. Sound design and mixing by Joe Koning, who also did the theme music. The executive producers of this episode are Miles Martignoni and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.